Hello, past, present, and soon-to-be D&D players, and welcome to D&D 101, a first-level course. My name is Max Hendricks, and if you're listening, you probably are interested in learning about Dungeons & Dragons, or D&D. D&D usually seems kind of hard when you get started, but believe me, it's not as hard as you might think. So, going right into it, I'm going to talk to you about Dungeon Masters and Players. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone, mister. Who is this? Who are you? I think you know who I am. Wait, I think I know that voice. <laughs> Wait, Aga? Hey! What are you doing here? Well, I thought you might need some help on your D&D podcast. I think I got it covered. Hey, I'm. all I'm saying is, all I'm saying, this podcast is for... Level one players, yes. Beginners. Yeah. And I'm a level one character. Yeah, yes? you are. So don't you think that I might have a good perspective to give to these new people? That's a fair point. Actually, on that point, you're a character. Yeah. And? Why can I hear you? You know, I'm not, I'm not even going to ask. That's cool. Let's do it. Why don't we pump the brakes on the mechanics of the DM and the player, and let's just talk about the game a little bit. There are plenty of people that don't really know what it's about, but still might want to try, give it a try. And if you go right into it with a bunch of rules without giving any type of setting or description, you're going to isolate a lot of your viewers. Now that's a fair point. Um, uh, yeah. I guess to start then, um, I should explain what D&D is. No doy. Thank you, Aga. <laughs> okay, so to start off, Dungeons and Dragons D&D is a tabletop role-playing game. You can It's a game? Yeah. Where do I play it? Is and it on my PS4? Can I get it on Steam? I mean, in a game way. Game Boy? No. No, no oh. Game Boy. Okay. No. Um, how do I how do I play this then? Basically, you just need some friends. It can happen anywhere. You could do it at a table at home. You could do it online. I mean, technically, there's even a video game based on Dungeons & Dragons on Steam if you really want to do that. But classic D&D, you just need a group of friends. Going into why it's a tabletop role-playing game, originally, it started off as a game that you gather at a table for, sort of like a board game. But there's the role-playing aspect, where you yourself pretend to be another person in this fantastical world with like dragons and monsters and grand adventures and stuff. You as a player and your dungeon master, the person running the world, interact and create a story. And that's what D&D is. It's that story that you are working on with somebody. So the story is what's important in this game. Yeah. Not um, winning. No. It's not about winning. Are you sure I don't want to win? Well, I mean, you, Aga, definitely want to win. <laughs> but the most important thing is not getting hung up on all the rules. Because rules are not what's important. It's practically rule zero of D&D. The story is what matters. They even make the rules so that you can bend them or just omit them altogether. The creators of the game say, if it makes it better, throw out all the rules. But you still got to know the basics. So we got to talk about Dungeon Masters and Players, I think it was. I think that's where you were trying to begin. So the story that takes place in this game is a collaboration between the Dungeon Master and the player. 
The dungeon master, or DM, is the person running the world, basically keeping everything in their head, and they will explain for their players the environment that they encounter, uh, friends that they make, enemies, puzzles that they'll come up against, basically everything. Um, It sounds really daunting, but it is incredibly fun. You are the facilitator for this world, and... If you're intimidated by that, you're probably a first-time player, so don't worry. You're definitely going to be playing the game, not DMing it. Whoop, whoop. To sort of get a better understanding, let's take a look at a recent D&D session that I had. Aga, you were in this one. Yeah, I was! So, you enter into a cave. Look inside, and you see it is luminous. Um... There are large crystals jetting out of the walls and the ground, uh, and there's a small river flowing from the center of the cave further along it. Ooh. I think we should go in. I think we should also go in. Are we we Party on. Let's go. Let's go in. Uh. All right, we're going in. Okay. So you head further into the cave, uh, and upon further inspection you see that these crystals appear to be radiating radiating more than just light. It almost feels Rad like... Rad damage. <laughs> kind of like they're warm to the touch. Are they warm? I'm going to grab one. Oh. Can I are, grab are one? Are they warm to the touch? I walk up and touch them. Okay. Uh, roll a perception. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, you touch it and it's warm. And oh. If I grab it, does it get hot? Can I grab it and see what happens? Uh, right. Roll, yeah, go for it. Grab roll it. Roll to grab. Roll to grab. You don't, I don't need you to roll the grab. Don't worry. Okay. Um. So I grab it. Okay, you grab I'm it. Holding it. I'm gonna take Squeeze a bite. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. Alga takes a bite of crystal. Uh, roll for me a Constitution saving throw. I'm not gonna eat it. <laughs> um. Zira flips the coin. Um. And she decides to let this happen. I am I am gonna do like what a gold what a what a prospector mining for gold does, or I try to like put it in my tooth and like bite it. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, I don't really we haven't recorded it yet, so I don't know how it went. I'm gonna say I won. Yeah, that works. Then the next part is the players. The player is you. You. Me! Yeah, you. Well, not you. I'm a character. Yeah, you're the character. Okay. So, basically, in a real, normal game of Dungeons & Dragons... The real world? The real world. Oh, right. There's a person who is playing the role of a character in the world that the DM is running. Uh-huh. You could be um, anyone that you'd like, but uh, starting off, you're probably going to need to grab a player's handbook, or basically any of the practically infinite number of resources online, like dndbeyond.com, to create a character. And once you've got that going, you're off to the races, ready to go on a big adventure with your DM and your party. Wait, party? Yeah, your party. The group of adventurers... We're gonna party? I mean, there could be a party. It depends on what you do in the game. What's the party, then? It's the group of people that you play with and the characters that you are together. So it's you and me and the other players. We're the party, right? Yeah, you got it. 
you guys are the party. And as a party, you are all players in the world. And as a player, you're going to need to know your ability scores. The ability score is something that is... Aw, assi- man. What? We're going to do math now. I mean, we're not going to do math right now, Aga. Oh, come on. It's not that bad. It is so... You just don't like... You know, fine. How about instead of explaining this in terms of math, I use an analogy. A tomato. I'm hungry. Can I have it? I No, I don't have a tomato. Oh. But I'm going to talk to you about a tomato. To taunt me? No, to explain the ability scores. There is strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. So for each of these, I'm going to use a tomato to explain. Strength is being able to crush a tomato in your hand. Dexterity is dodging that tomato that uh, a booing fan threw at you from a crowd. Whoa! Constitution is not getting sick when you ate a rotten tomato for breakfast. What? Intelligence is knowing that the tomato that you ate is a fruit. Uh Uh-huh. Wisdom, however, is knowing that the tomato that you had did not belong in a fruit salad. And charisma is the thing that the guy had that convinced you to buy his tomato-based fruit salad. Huh? Huh? So, each ability score has relevant skills attached to it. Your DM will use these skills when you're trying to perform an in-game action to see how well you do. This is called a skill check. And for a skill check, your DM will have you roll a 20-sided die or a d20 as it's called, and add the relevant modifier for that skill. This is where the math is, but don't be scared. I'm dying. Max, you vanquished me with math. I guess you could say I decimated you. (laughs) Go on with your boring math talk. Okay, well, I'm actually done with the math talk because we are going to show you this back with the party. Oh, thank God, otherwise you would have lost everybody. Do you want me to roll constitution? Yeah, I would love for you to roll constitution for All right. me. I don't know, I don't remember what my constitution modifier is, so we're gonna... We're complete gonna... disbelief. This is an 18. Holy cow, <laughs> is that with your modifier? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, you bite into it, and your your naturally strong dragonborn teeth just, like, sink right into it, and it sort of crumbles off, and when it's in your mouth, it's... Kind of sweet. Mm. Are, we in a, are we in a candy cave? Guys, it's like it's like Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Dragonborn Slayer, Willy Wonka. Can I keep? Should I? Is it's sweet in my mouth? Is it hard? Is it chewy? I need the food. It, it crumbles in your mouth. Uh, roll for me an intelligence check. Okay, that's gonna be a rough one. Um, that's a thirteen. Yeah, from what you can tell, this is very much like uh, one of your favorite childhood candies, rock candy. All right, so I keep, I'm going to keep eating it. Okay, great. Aga absolutely will keep eating the, okay. the sugar crystal. Do we want to press on? And Aga's going to stuff some into, <laughs> into like her armor. <laughs> is there like an exit anywhere here? We're going in. I'm presuming to get out at the other side. I want to do an arcana check on the crystal. 
Um, that I'm eating? No. You, <laughs> a separate one. One, on the wall. one that doesn't have dragonborn spit on it. Listen, that might be magical <laughs> also its own. Um, <laughs> your little magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can uh, roll either investigation or arcana. Okay. Uh, I'll do arcana. Okay. And, uh, Ooh. Wow. Oh. I got a 23 total. Wow, 19 yeah. 19 plus 4. You examine these crystals, and they appear to have some sort of magical effect. Hey, so um, you might not want to eat that. They're th- th- these crystals are. Magical. They taste great. Okay. Do you want some? No. I I picked one for you. Just so you it's know. It's green. Oh, okay. Just so you. you know, they are magical. Just I, full disclosure. Okay. Okay. I already finished one. Good. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna ask if the change is noticeable to seem positive. Like, um, am I going to take a bump of this rock? Uh, you look at your friend. Roll for me an investigation check or insight just to see how Aga's doing. Oh. That's a 10 <laughs> for insight. That's a 10? Uh, you look at Aga and you think, Aga's very fast now. And that's about it. I do take a bite of this rock. You feel very slow all of a sudden. And as you continue down the cave... Um, I'm gonna have you all roll for me a perception check. Let me see what my mod. Wait. So I critted. Like crit success? A uh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so technically, I think it's a zero. I got an eleven total. An eleven. Yeah. I got a five. Okay. Great. Yeah. So you all rolled relatively poorly on your perception check. Um. And suddenly you hear a bunch of screaming as you are surrounded by a horde of goblins. Oh. <laughs> and uh, out from behind uh, a few of them, like around the edge of a cave, walks out this large um, red person that looks similar to the goblins, but with long black hair and sort of a proud face. And this is a hobgoblin. And he says to you, give us everything you're worth. Now, with talk of goblins, I think it's time we get into talking about race. Are you sure you want to do this on the podcast? Yeah, no. I I thought you wanted people to like you. Yeah, no, don't worry. I don't mean, like, the color of your skin or all of that. I mean the type of being that you're going to play as in Dungeons & Dragons. Gnomes are an oppressed people! And... With that, I think it's time that we actually talk about the race. Starting off with something basic, there are humans, like in most games. And the real world, I guess. But then, there are your classic fantasy races like elves, dwarves, and halflings, which are basically just hobbits from Lord of the Ring. And then, there are the other creatures, which aren't traditional. There are gnomes, which are like little crafty, tinkery, magic kind of people. In your lawn. That's racist. I'm kidding. Sorry, gnomes. (laughs) Sorry, Jerry. Who's Jerry? He invites me to his barbecue every year. Sounds like a good guy. He's awesome. And so up next are the dragonborn who... Hey! Yeah, that's Aga over there. (laughs) They're sort of these humanoid dragon people. I don't really know how they happen, but they're here and they're Neither do I! But they're pretty cool. Um, and then tieflings, which basically happen when a devil and a human have a kid together. Um, and there's other half-type people, like half-elves and half-orcs, which 
is when a human has a kid with one of those. Humans get around a lot, not going to lie. There are more races in Dungeons and Dragons, but the ones that I've mentioned are the ones that are available in the 5th edition Player's Handbook. So race affects your in-game experience in two ways, right? There is your ability scores, because certain races will have a natural bonus to certain ability scores, like a half-orc or a dragonborn having a plus one to strength. And then there's roleplay. There are certain ways that characters will interact with you based on the race that you've chosen to play in-game. Like, say there's a shopkeeper that isn't fond of gnomes because of- Oh no, not with the gnomes again! Is it because of what I said? I'm really sorry. It's okay, Aga. This was an example I'd already written, so don't worry. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Just imagine you're a gnome and you walk up to a shopkeeper and they're like, eh, I don't like And then kind. I can see only his knees. <laughs> gnome way. Okay, that was bad. Let's move on. Along with race, there's another thing that affects your in-game ability scores and play style. And that is class. So, class is the role that you play in your adventuring party, or whatever kind of job that you end up doing in Dungeons & Dragons. There are three main kinds. There's the strength-based people, dexterity-based people, and then there are magic people, like casters. So what you're telling me is that only one group of classes gets a cool name. Pretty much. Classism. But there are a lot of classes, so I'm not going to go into detail on all of them. Oh, thank God. So, as far as casters, strength-based people, and dexterity-based people go, there are different ways that they interact in battle. Casters are usually supporting um, the other players with their magic. Either battle, healing, or environmental. It could be anything. And then there's the strength-based people, which are usually the heavy hitters, like... Uh, like a fighter or barbarian, like Aga. Hi! Uh, And then there are the dexterity-based people who are typically sneakier. They're faster. They are used for either getting away with heavy hits that are unexpected or to perform some of the sneakier actions in combat. Speaking of combat, I think it's about time that we get into talking about one of the things that I do in just about every session of D&D. A fight! Woo! So... Combat in D&D is more mathy than you might think. Oh, no. So when you start off combat, your dungeon master is going to ask you to roll for initiative, which is basically the order in which the different people in combat are going to go. Um, Say you come up to a group of enemies and they attack you. When you roll initiative, your DM will ask you to roll a d20 and add your dexterity modifier. And if you can't find that right now, don't worry. Your DM will help you out. Once everyone has taken their turn in combat, one round of combat has taken place, which is basically six seconds in-game. That's really only important for uh, spellcasters because there are certain spells that you need to make sure you know how long they last for. Usually casting a spell takes an action, so we're going to move into... The other aspect of combat, which is what you can do. So in combat, there's several different things that you can do. There's your action, which is the main point of your turn. 
There is your movement, which is how far you can move, and it's marked by your speed. There is your bonus action, which is like an extra smaller action during your turn. And then there's your reaction, which is like something small that is um, in response to somebody else's action. It's usually something related to your class or your race. And to better explain these, I think it's about time we got back to our party who are in the middle of a fight right now. Is the hobgoblin romanceable? I'd like to see you try. Yeah, just roll straight charisma. That's a five. Yeah, five total? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. You very slowly saunter up to this hobgoblin, place your arm up to his shoulder and go, hey, sailor, to which he, he, he flicks your hand off and goes, what the heck are you doing? I said, hey there. Sailor? Uh, the hobgoblin is going to pull out a sword and try and cut you with it. Oh, hey, can I do something about that? <laughs> if I try to, like, do a flip and land in the middle of them, can I use acrobatics? <laughs> sure, yeah, you can try. <laughs> That's a ten. <laughs> uh, but I, but I am double fast. <laughs> okay, so what happens? So, you flip towards them, and no, you don't get between them, oh, no. you just... <laughs> cartwheel directly into the hobgoblin and you successfully avoid his sword when you knock him to the ground. So at this point, the hobgoblin is going to point up with his sword and go, get him! And I'm going to need you all to roll initiative. 11. 13. 12. Okay. So getting into this, we have the first goblin to react. Right after the hobgoblin shouts, get him! Uh, a little goblin runs at you all and tries to stab you, Aga, all right. uh, with its short sword. It's going to roll against your uh, AC or your armor My class. armor class. Yes. Ooh. It can try. Does an 18 hit you? Yes. Okay, then it's going to do a D6 damage. Okay, so that's going to be six damage. All right. That's more than half Aga's health. Up next is Zira. I'm going to... Sneak stealthily behind the hobgoblin and then climb up his back. Can climb up his back. That's Roll a stealth. A stealth. Boom, stealth. That is a and 15. He does not notice you trying to climb up his back. You successfully get around him. Mama's <laughs> trying to do a murder. So while Mama's trying to do a murder, the second goblin is going to run at Frumpus and try and stab Frumpus with its sword. I don't like that. I don't like that. Does a 15 hit you? <laughs> yeah. No, a 15 sure does hit me. So the goblin strikes you with its scimitar oh, and hits you for four damage. Okay. That's more than half my health. Up next is Aga. Thank God. What's All she right. going to do? She's going to whip out that big bad halberd. Slashy time. Mm-hmm. It is a two-handed weapon. Go um, for it. Well, so what do I do? Make, an, make a roll an attack and add the modifiers that are next to the weapon. Yeah. That's a 20. Unnatural. Yeah, that definitely hits. Roll for damage. Yay! All right. But it only just That's hits. only six. Six is good. Um, up next is... Frumpus. Yay. Okay, so I'm going to cast Expeditious Retreat. Okay. Are you feeling runny away? Yeah. Cool. I just I just got hit very badly. Yes, you did. And so I'm feeling very runny away. Thank okay. you. Um, so... 
that's my action. And then that lets me, for 10 minutes, use my bonus action to dash. <laughs> so oh, wow. I'm going to do that. Do it. Um, not, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to use my full... I'm going to use however much of my movement, which is now 70, <laughs> to get away. I still want to be able to be in, like, uh, viewing distance mm -hmm. of <laughs> what's going on. But I want to be... Far away from... You want to be behind okay. a rock. The sword. I'm, maybe I'll go 45 feet. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next is the hobgoblin, who is going to take its longsword and try and kill Aga. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Don't die. Thanks. Does, um, does a 15 hit you? It doesn't! Awesome. You, uh, you deflect... His uh, his sword attack to the side with your halberd, and he goes. And I make ah. like a cool. I make a cooler noise than him. Rah! And he just goes. Rah! And I go. Rah! And he goes. Rah! And I go. Rah! Do we and hug? He he <laughs> actually. If you'd like to, you can try. He's asking me to roll charisma to see if yes. I can befriend this guy. You after just love this dude. I, he, after he stabbed me, I stabbed him, and then he didn't stab me. Yeah. All right. He's just like mutual respect. That's an 18. He's starting to feel a little friendly towards you. He's just like, you You sort of like grunted him in a really aggressive way. He respected that. He, he really respected it. And he like, he sort of puts down, he's a lefty. So, uh, hey, <laughs> so, my man. So he, ta he puts his right hand out and offers you like a handshake. And I stick my left hand out and I teach him a cool new handshake. Now, they seem to be handling themselves quite well over there, and in fact, they managed to do some role-playing while they're at it, which is what we need to talk about next. Role-play is the interaction that happens between characters in-game. Think of being the character that you're playing and act like they would act. Think about their past, their personality, their quirks, their flaws. Of which I have none? Right. For example, there are different character traits and flaws and things that you can roll up when you're creating your character to help you determine how you're going to roleplay your character. They aren't necessary, and you don't need to rely on them, but they can be helpful when you're creating your first character. So imagine you're like a beefy barbarian that doesn't listen to advice that they're given. Or maybe you're a timid monk that came from a library and never really speaks up, but when they do, they've always got something to say. Of course, these characters will interact differently than each other and differently with characters in-game. And that brings us on the different ways that you can roleplay in Dungeons & Dragons. NPC style and inter-character. NPCs are non-player characters, basically anyone that your DM has made up that you're interacting with in-game. So if a character sounds like Max doing a silly voice, it's an NPC. So NPCs are non-player characters. When you are interacting with them in-game, you're going to use the charisma skills to either convince, lie to, um, intimidate, or perform at them, I guess. But these skills determine your success in interacting with them. However, when you are doing inter-party roleplay, your DM can either have you make these same skill checks to determine your success, say you want to see how truthful someone is being so they have you roll an insight check, um, or 
you can just determine between people how your character takes it, whether they believe your character, whether they are willing to listen. It's all up to you as people. Do what your characters would do. And if you'd like to add skill checks, then that's something that your party can figure out. Whatever works for your table. So now that you've kind of got an idea for the basics of Dungeons and Dragons, we can move on to the more difficult things. Right, Aga? Right! Thank you for listening. And a special thank you to Jan Morgenstern for the use of our theme song, Circling Dragons. I'm Max Hendricks. The voice of Zira is Marisa Whitcomb. The voice of Frumpus is Paul Winch. And the voice of Aga is Rita Welch. Thank you for listening and... Don't be racist to gnomes. I'm sorry, Jerry. I really am a big fan of you. Please invite me to your barbecue next year. <laughs>